It's Livin' the Bream with host of Fox News at Night, Shannon Bream. All right, we've got a unique Live in the Bream podcast today. You're going to hear from two different men, both named Doug, who find themselves in very similar situations. And one has an outcome uh, that we would say is fantastic, miraculous, and wonderful. The other is now fighting to get there. So we want to start first with Doug Oliver, the founder and president of the Regenerative Outcomes Foundation. We met a couple of years ago in covering your story, which was fascinating because you had lost your vision. You had to fight to get into a a specific study, specific treatment. Uh, And where are you today? I remain pretty much the same as the third day after the treatment when I I went from legally blind to seeing 3D for the first time in 10 years. And so I still have reasonably good vision. You know, these are... These are treatments, they're exciting, but they're treatments, and so the effects fade like any treatment would. So I do see some changes starting to occur, but hey, it's been three years, I've been driving a car, I'm going. And seeing your grandkids, I remember there were so many firsts for you when you got That's your vision right. back, it was That's amazing. Right. It was amazing and, and still is. I appreciate every single day, believe it or not, and I'm sure you could understand that, but uh, every day I'm thankful. And you want to broaden beyond your experience to make sure that other people have the same opportunities. Um, a lot of this, uh, a lot of these studies and medical research is very expensive. Not everybody has the funding, and not every potential patient can get the connection, get where they need to be, or have the financial resources. So tell us about, you know, the study that made the difference for you, and how you want to make sure that other people can access that. Yeah, the the study that I uh, that I undertook was really a, a private treatment study, and and there are many of those going on around the country. Those that aren't yet maybe engaged with FDA, um, although now there's a, a pathway for for those folks to jump onto the bandwagon and actually get their their uh, therapies approved, which I'm really excited to talk about too. But um, yeah, I underwent what what would be called a, a bone marrow fraction uh, stem cell treatment, where they took bone marrow from my own hip, spun it out in a centrifuge and essentially injected it in and around the damaged parts of my eye. Mm -hmm. And so I I did. I I had a remarkable outcome. I went from 22,000 in one eye to 2070. Wow. And then the other eye went from 2400 to 2030. Wow. It was really amazing. And uh, not not common, Mm -hmm. admittedly, but Mm -hmm. because it was so amazing, it caught the attention of many people, and it's given me this platform to say, hey, I'm, I'm not stopping there. I don't own this miracle. I'm moving it forward, and, and I'll just work and work until as many patients as possible have similar treatments available to them. And yes, it, it is hard. It, access is a real problem. Yeah, I mean, money is a real issue for people. Even getting, you know, basic sometimes medical care, but something at this level that could be tens Indeed. or hundreds of thousands of dollars, um, there's got to be a bridge. There, there really does. And, and you know, we're into this new era of thought right? Uh, many people sense that some of the old paradigms, you know, the medical paradigm is shifting, the, the drug paradigm is shifting, our social culture is shifting. And uh, so is our way of thinking of how to take care of each other. Frankly, I see a lot of people beginning to put more thought and energy into how do we create access? And everybody wants this to happen, I find, whether it be a senator asking if it will work for her mother or a, actually a CEO from a pharmaceutical company in a sort of clandestine kind of manner asking if it might work. You know, those are awkward moments sometimes. But generally, 
you know, this is almost a universal shared goal when people really understand that it's going to be their mother or their daughter mm-hmm. or them. Or them. Mm-hmm. We're all going to be patients one day. And so, yeah, that's the message that I'm, I'm moving forward. And it's going to be all about access. And, and I truly believe that when you create organizations or when you create a framework for people to comfortably and mutu- in a mutually beneficial way, move toward these kinds of cures that it's going to happen mm-hmm. and you were instrumental in uh in how we first met and being involved in getting things done here on capitol hill in washington right. and make sure that there would be funding and mm-hmm. help with access to a number of different potential cures out there exactly so you're already breaking ground and making those uh. things happen you mentioned the <laughs> fda so let's talk about that as well because things are changing there as well sure um well the 21st century cures act which is where where we first met was passed uh, is passing into law under the Obama administration December of 2016 mm-hmm. but we were on Capitol Hill you know pushing it the, uh, the previous summer that allowed for um, funding and a paradigm well I don't want to use paradigm too much but it, it allowed for a framework for for FDA to embrace and sort of reform some of their processes and uh, while some people wonder if it will work what is happening is that now instead of the FDA requiring all of the information that helps people justify creating a trial instead of it all sort of having to come from within the US now you can sort of stand up look at the world around you and use that information to justify an argument and that's called real world evidence and that's a main key now that opens up the FDA's uh, toolbox that they have already Mm -hmm. to bring some of these therapies into their fast track is because they can get them in through the door and that new that new pathway which is what the foundation is really we're going out and grabbing these people that are wanting to innovate and we are actually introducing them to this pathway directly we're Mm -hmm. taking their hand and bringing them to the FDA and saying here's how you do it Um, And it's called the Regenerative Medicine Advanced Therapy Designation. Yeah, and you you have lived this, and now you're turning your experience to helping other people. Um, But for a lot of people, and I know with my own health struggles that we've talked about and and me trying to find the right treatment, it can be very, very emotionally taxing on you when you're ill, when you have a disorder, when you can't get a diagnosis, when you can't get help. I mean, what you're doing is at least giving people hope that there could potentially be some answers and find a way to connect them with somebody who could help them, if not outright cure them. Um, Maybe they can be part of the process of finding a cure or at least have some relief. Exactly. Being part of the process is probably the most important thing. And like you said, many people, the only voice that they have comes from their hospital bed or from their bedroom. They don't get out. They're isolated and they're tired. And so it happens that National Institutes of Health and I are trying to work on how we can help meet those people's needs. And so that's another whole project, but it it really does sort of beg the question of, you know, how do we get the word out there? But the patient is now able legitimately to become part of the solution and to get involved in policy. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I really wanna put out there is that one single patient has succeeded in sort of getting people's attention. I'm just a 50, I'm not going to say, but I'm a something. 50 something. <laughs> you know, I've I've uh, lost some hair, gained some weight, and have some regrets. You know, that's, mm-hmm, that's how it yeah. works. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, that's who I am. Um, you know, I, I'm not an attractive guy, a poster child kind of person with sad eyes. Uh, I'm just a basic guy that something miraculous has happened to. And so, 
as a patient, one particular narrative can cut through like a knife. And I would like to get the message out there through the foundation to patients that they too have a narrative. And if they can learn how to use it, it's one major way. So there are two ways to do this, two ways to get people like you and me and whomever into treatments. One is to help the innovators get into the FDA. That's one barrier that we have to meet. That's not my favorite thing to do. <laughs> it's not easy. But I do know how to do it. And so that's what the foundation is doing first. We're grabbing these innovators and saying, let us take your hand and introduce you to, right? Um, and the other part is to bring patients to the treatment. So when patients do get access to these treatments, there are barriers. And they may not be to actually participate in the trials. It might be the costs associated with getting right, there. Right, even traveling oh and my gosh. family members and, uh, you know, just the basics. Taking, taking care of mom. Mm -hmm. um, and so one of the goals of the foundation is to raise money to help with the ancillary expenses so patients can be incentivized to participate. Right, and so, it's a little overwhelming sometimes uh, to think about taking part in a study because there are risks involved and, and you know, yeah, people may feel like yeah. they're human guinea pigs, but... Um, and they are. I mean, that's yeah. what a trial is. Yeah, and so there are no guarantees with these, but you right. want to encourage people in every way that you can to make it as easy for them, Help them to get linked the up um, because uh, the, the other Doug, that's part of this story of the Where two Dougs. Where did you Dougs, get that? Yeah. Um, well, you're going to hear his story next uh, after we wrap up with you, but he is now at the beginning phases of trying to take part uh, and some experimental treatment that is exceptionally expensive. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, um, you know, it's the other part of the story. And he's not just going about the fundraising for himself. He really has become, much as you have, uh, though he's on the beginning end of this, uh, wanting to be someone that will help others. And so if he can be part of the study, he's been convinced he wants to help these doctors. Right. If they can help him, great. And if he can help other people and, and help them get to cures that will assist people beyond him, that's part of his story as well. Well, maybe one Doug has to pass a torch to another Doug and <laughs> yes. we'll just have the marathon of Dougs because that's really what it takes. It takes yeah. the, the passion and there's nothing like having something happen to you that makes you mm -hmm. want to... To be an advocate. To get up. To help. You know, it's like take up your bed and, and walk. Mm -hmm. it, it really is a motivating factor. Well, we are very glad that you and the foundation, the Regenerative Outcomes Foundation, you have great information online. We'll make sure that people know about that link, oh, too, so they you. can see thank you. what you're doing, what you're working toward, and how you're trying to help both sides of the equation to get people relief and potential cures and to help the research advance so that it can help more people and, as well. And to keep things safe, you know, mm -hmm. I just, if I could mention this just very briefly, we're pulling out of this Wild West kind of uh, system that, or We've, we're pulling out of the Wild West kind of atmosphere that you hear about in the press, and uh, it's very encouraging. But the real answer is to promote access to safe treatments. Mm -hmm. And once we do that, some of those other wacky practitioners, they're, they're going to die a slow death. And, and that's, that's what we're really hoping for yeah. is to, you know, to make it really, really uh, exceptionally safe and effective. Right. And I know people get frustrated with the FDA and things that they think are, are delays that are tough, but they have a role too to make sure that they there aren't people out there giving false hope for treatments that have absolutely. no, absolute, you know, absolutely no um, possibility of working or helping them in any way, giving them false hope, taking their money, those kinds of things. Yeah. And so it's an important yeah. part of the conversation as it well. It is. And it is. And 
it's so so good to see you again. Yeah, literally, you know, it is great to see you. We're both sitting here with our glasses you're on. Not, you're and... not as beautiful as my grandchildren, but <laughs> you, it's you great to see there. you. Either yeah, way, it's good. Um, it's it, it it does my heart good to see and and hear all that you're doing. Um, and you know, I've had a surgery and I can see better since I last saw you too. So we're both making progress and and trying to raise awareness and help other people. And that's where the next part of our story comes in. But Doug Oliver of the Regenerative Outcomes Foundation, founder and president, we wish you all the best with your work. Thank you for giving us an update. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me back. All right. It is time now to meet the second Doug of our conversation today. He's Doug Harris, vice president and assistant general manager of the Washington Nationals. Just so happens to be our favorite team, Doug. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Shannon. <laughs> and listen, Doug and I connected because he and my husband go way back to high school, and uh, they played ball together and have stayed in touch over the years. And in the last couple of years, um, we've been hearing a lot from Doug about his own personal health struggles, and he's got some good news coming. But we wanted to highlight his story about um, the fact that there are new technologies out there all the time, that you have to be very um, determined and aggressive many times to go through and around the usual route you may hear from uh, a physician or medical personnel uh, and really look for opportunities. Uh, Doug, tell us a little bit about what that journey's been like for you. I was originally diagnosed uh, with leukemia in uh, October of 2015. Uh, went through several different forms of treatment from uh, medication to ended up having a bone marrow transplant, which really did uh, some good things. It cleaned out a lot of the disease itself. Uh, until recently where a, a strain of the disease has reappeared. And at that point, uh, there, there's still several options to pursue, but uh, this CAR-T therapy that is now available is cutting-edge technology that is not only treating but curing uh, many different forms of cancer. And it's something that uh, through the help of uh, Dr. Neil Palmisiano at Thomas Jefferson Hospital in Philadelphia, uh, now in conjunction with Dr. Jay Park at Sloan Kettering, uh, we are able to, to put ourselves in a position to do this, and it's it's a blessing to be able to do that. And I know you have uh, stayed really uh, strong, and you are physically healthy other than this uh, issue that you're dealing with. And I know there are times that you do feel good, and it's hard to um, think about the fact that you have a serious illness. But in the way that you've described it to me is, is uh, getting into this treatment plan is actually going to be a cure. That is the plan. Um, you're a match for this treatment that you reference. Um, and by taking part in it, you also want to raise awareness so that other people um, will also benefit from you taking part from the studies that are going on uh, and it's for you it's about much more than just your case absolutely for, first and foremost I'm, I'm blessed with where I am from a physical standpoint there there is a strain that is still apparent that uh, can be targeted with the CAR-T therapy which again is a blessing but when we went into this in 2015 uh, it was, I was very hopeful that we could impact other people uh, coming out the backside and uh, being healthy, and that, that didn't manifest itself quite in the way that I had hoped. Uh, maybe this is the way for us to do this, and it's been our pursuit uh, from the beginning with the CAR-T that not only uh, the objective to, to help myself a little bit in this, but to help a lot of other people, and uh, we are well on our way to doing that through the, the goodness of, of family, friends, uh, the outreach of a, a lot of people that uh, the endless thanks I can't even begin to do. 
Yeah, there is a fundraising effort underway, and we'll send out and tweet out more information about that as well, because as you said, you want to benefit more broadly other people who are suffering with this. And you talk about the fact that it's an FDA-approved treatment plan or cure, um, and I know that it's not an exact match for everyone. There's better access for people who are under 25. Um, If I can say you are over 25, because I am too, um, it has to be a case-by-case match. But for you, it sounds like this is going to be the right match. It is. There's... uh, there are very narrow focus on folks that are older than 25. There are certain criteria that have to be met, uh, and that that scope is broadening with every success that they have and uh, every bit of research and development that they can continue to push. So uh, the more we can do this, the more awareness, the more funding that we can create uh, towards that research and development is just going to move the needle faster, and it's going to help more people along the way. Yeah, and with our last guest, uh, Doug Oliver, that we talked about, when he was faced uh, with the prospect of losing his vision, he really launched his own uh, efforts at research and trying to find a study and trying to find experimental treatments to find anything that he would be willing to take part in. Um, And there was a lot of um, legwork on his own to find what eventually turned out to be a fantastic solution for him. Um, What would you say to people who are facing a tough diagnosis and maybe the conventional treatments or the first response that they get at, uh, with regard to their case um, is not so encouraging and, and how you go about working around that? I, I think you have to be aggressive and, and not take no for an answer. There, there are things out there that are being developed at, at a very rapid pace. Uh, I think you have to find a physician that, that is willing to be aggressive with, with you and for you and be your advocate. Uh, I had that and I was very blessed with that and there are things that are available that you just have to pursue and, and not take no for an answer. Um, I know when we went into this, uh, our mindset was this was the pursuit. Uh, if this matched medically, which it has, uh, we, we were going to find a way to get this done. And I know it's not always that easy, but you, you just can't you can't roll over. You got to keep fighting for for what is available, and uh, hopefully it can come to you. Yeah, and sometimes it's it's just tough to know what's out there. Um, as I said, our previous guest, Doug Oliver, um, started reading medical journals and having people help him um, just comb the web. And you don't want to get too far down the hole there because sometimes it's that's even more discouraging. Uh, and not every solution is going to work for every patient, and the cases are different. Um, but as somebody who has had to fight to figure out um, treatment for my own medical issues, I know that it does take a lot of persistence. And when you're frightened and you're uh, not feeling well and you're discouraged, Sometimes it's the hardest thing to do, but there are other options for a lot of things out there if people um, can get that help and support of their family and their own persistence in willing, being willing to keep fighting. I know that you said for this particular technology, things are, are really happening so quickly. They're moving very quickly um, for you and more broadly um, in, the, in the treatment options as well. Absolutely. Just within the last month, I've learned that... Uh, uh, this CAR-T therapy is actually making headway into uh, showing signs of curing uh, a form of lympho- lymphoma that was not curable in the past. They're also doing double CAR-Ts now that are uh, targeting multiple issues at the same time. So this, this is moving at a very, very fast pace, and uh, again, uh, it, it's the same line, but moving this needle forward and helping the research and development is real with this, and it's, it's going to help people uh, very quickly. 
I know that you have been an absolute fighter and so determined through this thing. Um, what do you say to folks out there about how you manage your emotions, the ups and downs, uh, the setbacks, uh, as you try to get to this, what we hope will eventually be very soon a cure for you? Yeah, I, I, I've been blessed. Uh, there, there are people that have had much bigger fights than I've had. I've had a great support group, obviously, from my family, my loved ones, uh, the people I work with, which is very, very important. Uh, the people that I worked with at Penn State Hershey, uh, boots on the ground every day are, were incredible. But uh, I, I was blessed with how I went through this. And uh, our outcome, uh, we had a pretty good feeling about where this was going to go. Unfortunately, you know, it's not complete yet, but uh, I, I've been surrounded by many, many wonderful people who have really propped me up over time. And Everybody has moments of weakness. Uh, it's just staying the course and believing and, and fighting and, and continuing that every day. Uh, is there fear along the way? I mean, how do you manage that as you try to keep your spirits up? And I know sometimes people who are ill worry about the people around them and making sure they uh, aren't discouraged as well when what you really have to focus on is keeping yourself well. But we all worry about our loved ones, too. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a father of three beautiful girls. I have a beautiful wife, and it's it's not about me. And that's that's the the, the fear that does creep in. Uh, but that, that's that's not my will. And I I will fight every day and and do what I have to do every day. And and Lord willing, uh, that will take care of itself. Well, we know you've been a fighter through this process and dealt with a number of setbacks with just determination and moving forward. And we are grateful for uh, the medical teams and the the options that you have found along the way. We'll try to share information with people about that and try to support you in this as you raise money. That will make a difference, um, not just for your case, but more broadly uh, to help these studies and to try to make sure that other people uh, have the same options that you do. Doug Harris, thank you so much. And hopefully we'll see you in the playoffs. I hope so, too. I really appreciate you having me. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Live in the Brain.